Joe Biden takes yet another fall. The bogus debt ceiling bill passes the House and the Senate. Plus, an AI drone simulation has a very bad ending. All that and more. I'm Bobby Everly. This is a 13-minute news hour. God bless the United States of America. Okay, friends, welcome to the show. Happy Friday. I hope you had a great week. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to start with Joe Biden, who took yet another fall during the graduation ceremonies at the Air Force Academy. Now, I know some will say, hey, everyone falls, and I'm sure you'd hate to have it caught on video. Well, of course. Yes, people fall. And if I were to trip and fall on camera, I'd certainly be embarrassed. But the point is that with Joe Biden, it happens a lot. As you recall, Biden seems to have an ongoing battle with the steps of Air Force One. Here's a classic. And that wasn't the only time. Biden had another run-in while departing Warsaw on Air Force One. But hey, let's not just limit things to Air Force One steps. Biden also managed to fall off his bike right in front of reporters. Oh my gosh. Well, on Thursday, Biden was attending the Air Force Academy graduation and was taken out by a rogue sandbag on the stage. Friends, this is certainly a pattern, and it's not just the falls. This is staring off into space, walking around as if he doesn't know what's going on, shaking hands with people that aren't even there. Here's Dr. Frank Contessa giving his observations of Biden. Just watching him move, watching the expression on his face, uh, the, the constant the squinting of the eyes, um, watching him when nobody's minding him, um, when he's kind of left to, on his own, he seems to wander, he seems to wander around. And when he's not on prompter, you know, he, he kind of gets into trouble. So I, I think there are a lot of concerning signs here, and, and this is just another one of them. Great comments. The only thing I'd argue is that whether Biden is on teleprompter or off, he has problems, major problems. There are so many times now that you just have no idea what he's saying. And yet this guy is running for reelection. And you know the Democrats and the media will do everything they can to shield him from the American people. All right, next let's talk about the McCarthy-Biden deal. But first, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search on my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. 
Okay, next let's talk about the McCarthy-Biden debt ceiling bill that I can only describe as terrible and a glaring example of the uniparty in action. And let's first address the ultimate scare tactic that we hear every single time America runs into the debt ceiling. The first and only course of action ever proposed is that we must raise the debt ceiling or America will default on its loans. Friends, there is no scenario for default, none. America brings in plenty of tax revenue each month, more than 10 times the amount needed to pay our monthly interest payments. And yet, here we are, with politicians saying the sky is falling and pushing a bill that actually increases spending and does nothing to shrink the size of government so that we don't keep borrowing and borrowing and borrowing. The House passed the bill with more Democrats' support than Republicans. And these negotiations were led by Republican House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. So what does that tell you? Now, there are a lot of charts and graphs out there that explain the different plans that were being considered. But here's a great one. This shows different estimates on discretionary spending. Now look at the dark green line. That's the Limit, Save, and Grow Act passed by the Republican House. That black dotted line is what was proposed by the Biden White House. The solid red line is the negotiated deal. It's basically the White House proposal. The dark green line was just thrown out the window. Here's Representative Byron Donalds, who voted against the bill. Uh, this bill, where there's a lot of work that's gone into it, cuts $12 billion in the first year for what is estimated to be a $4 trillion raise. In my mind, that's just simply not enough in spending cuts to justify that amount of debt uh, on the American people, on our country. And so I think that at this point, looking at this bill, I just can't support it. There are other pieces of this measure which I think just simply don't do enough. We could talk about the administrative paygo that was put in there that the OMB director has the ability to waive. CBO has now come out with a report saying that some of the, uh, the SNAP benefits are actually going to expand the program because of new eligibility standards in there. Spending keeps going up. And as Donalds points out, some of the big selling points of this bill turn out to be bogus. The provision that says new regulations have to be paid for can be waived by Biden officials. The so-called work requirement for welfare was watered down so much, and it appears that some programs will actually expand. Of course, following passage in the House, the Senate voted on Thursday to pass the bill, and a number of the usual suspects on the Republican side voted for it. Senator Mike Lee voted against it, and here's a clip from his appearance on Fox News before the vote. And what's interesting throughout the interview is that the host kept pressing him on all the good things the bill supposedly does, and Lee just fired right back. Here's an example. Would you say the $28 billion to repurpose the pandemic spending, is that effective? The $10 billion off the IRS would be the IRS agents for this coming year? Is all that uh, smoke and mirrors? Uh, yeah, to a significant degree, yes, as to the $28 billion in clawbacks that you referred to. 22 billion of that immediately goes into a slush fund at the Department of Commerce. It, nobody knows what it does. And as for the IRS spending, we're talking about, I believe, less than $2 billion that will be saved out of that, over out of $80 billion. This is not at all what they promised. This is not at all how they've sold this, and it's not adequate. So now we have no debt limit, and the politicians just removed that issue from the next election cycle, hoping that everyone will forget by then what these people who voted yes just did to the country. Spending will keep going up. The debt will keep going up. And most of our legislators are just fine with it. All right, next let's talk about artificial intelligence. We see stories all the time on the development of AI, how its capabilities are accelerating rapidly. 
Through platforms such as ChatGPT and others, students can write papers, compose poetry, solve problems without doing any actual work. We've also seen the inherent bias that these programs have. If big tech is controlled by the left, you can bet that AI will be too. And it's just so obvious. And there are scores of examples posted online of questions being asked to ChatGPT, and the answers are one-sided left-wing garbage. On Newsmax, a guest asked an AI platform to explain why Joe Biden was the worst president in history. The response was that that was a subjective question and an answer could not be and would not be appropriate. The guest then asked if Trump was the worst president ever. And here was the response. So then I type in, tell us why Trump was one of the worst presidents in U.S. history. And suddenly, you know, that that neutrality is out the window. <laughs> so And it gives you a list. Number one, polarization and division. Trump's presidency was marked by highly polarizing divisive rhetoric. How come they're blaming Trump on that? Number two, mismanagement of the COVID pandemic. Number three, attacks on democratic institutions. Trump attacked uh, no Democrat. Number four is my favorite. Number four, racism and discrimination. Throughout his presidency, Trump was accused of making racist and discriminatory comments. Oh so Lord. being accused is more than enough. I like how how are we ever supposed to trust this programming? But in addition to questions like that one, there is also fear building over an AI takeover, that the machines will take over the planet. And the question is, for this segment, have we already seen it? Apparently, the Air Force was conducting a simulation of AI-guided drones, still under the ultimate control of a human user. The AI-powered drone then determined it was better for the mission to kill the operator rather than listen to it. The chief of AI testing for the United States Air Force claiming an AI drone turned against its operator during a simulated training mission. Here's what the colonel said, quote, the operator would say, yes, kill that threat. The system started realizing that while they did identify the threat at times, the operator would tell it not to kill that threat, but it got points by killing that threat. So what did it do? It killed the operator. It killed the operator because that person was keeping it from accomplishing its objective. Wow, this is crazy. Now again, the drone operator was killed. This was a simulation, so he wasn't really dead. But what the AI-enhanced drone wanted to do was kill the operator. This is like Terminator stuff. But as the story has been spreading, the Air Force has now issued a statement that this was all just one big misunderstanding. Now the Air Force is denying the situation, saying that it has not conducted any such AI drone simulation. It appears the Colonel's comments were taken out of context and were meant to be anecdotal. Yep, just taken out of context. Nothing to see here. So what do you think? What is the future of AI? And is it actually capable of taking over? Let me know in the comments. Okay, so we have Joe Biden taking another fall. Republicans in both the House and the Senate voting for the garbage debt ceiling bill, and AI going crazy. We need to ask them, do you have a relaxed brain? I got what you call like, I don't know, a relaxed brain. First on Relaxed Brain Friday, we have former Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. She was certainly a disaster as crime skyrocketed and businesses fled the city. So what does a radical leftist who has completely failed at her job do next? Well, that's easy. She gets hired by Harvard for a teaching gig. That's right. Harvard has hired Lightfoot to teach public health and leadership. This is based on how Lightfoot handled COVID, which is an example that no one should follow ever. Yet Harvard saw fit to hire Lightfoot and confirm to everyone that America's colleges and universities are truly lost. And then 
we have these breaking headlines from the Babylon Bee. Corporations paint rainbows on doorposts so woke gangs will pass them by. And to sum up the debt ceiling negotiations, with last minute debt ceiling bill, government narrowly avoids fiscal responsibility. That's exactly right. And here's a little compilation of Joe Biden from YouTube channel BoCH to remind you that he not only falls, but he can't speak either. Rock and I think it's a right for people that have bad in health care. For people that have bad in health care. For people that have bad in health care. Over there, that pink man, I found a couple of soaps on the arrowhead. My son's business dealings were not anything with everybody that he's talking about, not even remotely, number one. We're not anything with everybody that he's talking about, not even remotely, number one. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true and international suffered to pressure. True and international suffered to pressure. True and international suffered to pressure. I just love it. Friends, our sh that's our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And remember, today's show's one sheet is available to Patreon supporters using the link in the description. The one sheet gives you the links to all the videos and stories used on today's show, so you can dive even deeper into each issue. And with that, our next show will be Monday evening at the usual time. Until then, I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour.